talk some volatility and targets to look at in the market as we've got strength in the NASDAQ building on day two. Jem Carson is back with us, Senior Managing Partner at Agia Capital. Jim, it's always good to have you here. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? So let's first start off with the number one line I see from your notes here. You expect new highs for structural flow reasons, but in this market, we got to be more specific because indexes are doing different things depending on which one you're looking at. Where do you see new highs coming? Yeah, the flows that we're, uh, that we're talking about are option flows particularly. Uh, we're entering a very uh, bullish period uh, for the next week and a half, uh, specifically for Vana and Charm flows flowing from the S&P. Um, dealers are, are short put, long call, uh, broadly in, in the upcoming monthly expiration uh, at significant size. That forces uh, long uh, Vana and Charm flows. So, uh, and those should accelerate uh, into April 12th. Um, they've been increasingly supportive here the last couple of days, uh, despite a lot of negative flows. If you think about it, we've had massive rebalancing um, going on in the balanced mutual fund space, as well as risk parity. Um, we've had the Archegos uh, blow up, right? Which should have caused some risk off uh, in terms of illiquidity. Um, uh, up until last day and a half, the, the NASDAQ had been, uh, leadership had been very weak. Um, but now all those things are being removed. They're being pulled off the table at the same time these positive option uh, structural flows are happening. Um, so not a surprise we're, we're up uh, at new highs today in the S&P. Um, you know, implied vol is still very oversupplied, so very supportive of any downside move. Uh, that's why we've seen the, the VIX break down below that 20 level. Um, that was only exacerbated uh, yesterday. There's a big end of quarter trade that happens in the SPX, uh, one of the biggest trades that happens on the street in the option space um, every every quarter. Uh, it's on the last day, it's a rolling of a, um, of a put spread collar um, 45,600 times, uh, June quarterly 3175, 3760 put spread versus the 4115 call uh, in June quarterly. That was, that's a rolling from March. Um, so those that massively oversupplies vol for dealers. It's a, it's a net selling vol trade. Um, and so dealers are stuck long gamma, they're, they're protected, they're hedged. Um, and as you enter this period where that, that decay happens to uh, the, the, the collars that the dealers are short, um, that causes these massive positive flows in the market. So if you think about uh, all the, the negatives that are being removed, all the positives that are now entering this market um, through April 12th, I would, I would expect cont a continued push, push to at least 40 quarter in, uh, in the E-mini June futures in the near future and, and, and likely up to 40, 50 or uh, beyond uh, in the next week and a half. Um, 40, 50 but, for E-minis, Jim? Yep, 40, 50 would be my, my minimum target by the end of next week. Um, again, uh, next, the following Monday, so, so June 12th, the, the uh, sorry, uh, April 12th, the expiration, monthly Monday of expiration. Okay. That's actually a five-week cycle for options, which I know sounds like inside baseball, but that five-week cycle allows for less fawn and charm flows in the first couple of weeks of that cycle, which is generally a window of weakness. Um, I think particularly given the strong seasonality there and the, and the waning seasonality as you get to the back half of April and towards May, I think there's an interesting setup there, especially given um, the reopening flows. I think there's a lot of um, potential negatives coming down the pipe come May. Um, so this is really kind of a last uh, short-term uh, squeeze up, 
push up based on structural flows. Mm. There are a lot of warning signs out there, though, that 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 is going to kind of dissipate once we get to to mid-April. Now, I remember you talking about this a little bit last time that uh, the kind of window for strength you see getting a little bit more complicated as we get to the spring and into summer. I remember that from the last time we talked um, and walk me through what exactly makes you say that because I hear a lot of the short to intermediate term analysis that you're doing obviously relies on the options flow things that kind of inside baseball that we're just kind of taking your word on because you've been nailing it right when it gets to the more macro things thinking further out that seems like it's shifting more towards kind of either policy impact or fundamental earnings things. I mean, what is it down the road that you see is complicating this? Is it still options or is it some more of the other stuff? Uh, there's a lot of macro stuff too. Ultimately, it still flows. It's just not option flows. Um, if you think about it with the reopening, um, you know, a lot of people have been stuck at home, uh, saving their money, A, and B, investing that money. So you've had a massive increase and, and retail flows, uh, you know, option call volume has gone from, uh, retail has gone from five to 25% of all flows. It's been a massive driver, especially um, kind of in those big meme names and, and tech names. So there's been a, a significant driver. That impulse is being pulled off the table. We're already seeing it in volume numbers coming from retail. Um, you're, you're, that money is going back into the economy. Um, the economy is not the market. Everybody kind of is talking now kind of bullishly about the economy and, and reopening and the reflation trade. But the reality is the exact opposite is likely to happen as we reflate, as we start actually spending the money in the economy, right. um, that money gets pulled out of the market. All those retail traders will no longer be investing those stimulus checks um, or, or those those new earnings from, from uh, gain jobs, which we'll be seeing on Friday here with the non-farm payrolls. Um, they're going to be spending that on goods. And what does that do? That ultimately drives inflation, that doesn't drive asset inflation drives price inflation. And that's actually the whole problem this market's you know, facing. That's the reason the NASDAQ's been, been swinging is because you're getting higher rates. So mm -hmm. I think that, that rates push continues into the spring. I think we're getting a small kind of uh, moment here where, where um, you know, we're, we're getting a, a counter-correlated move uh, until this April 12th period. But I think that that back end of the curve uh, keeps rallying, that, that bear steepening continues, that ultimately will, will drive uh, the, both this teen effect like we saw uh, you know, yesterday with the sell-off of uh, you know, selling flows coming from risk parity and, and mutual fund rebalancing, where people will actually have higher yields to invest in, which pull money out of the market, as well as you'll just have less retail demand. So I think those things are very yeah. bearish yeah. given, given the, the run we've had. Um, it's kind of a sell the news event, right? The, the reflation trade has happened, it's front run what's happening now that it's happening and the money is moving into the economy. I think it'll move out of the market, um, uh, you know, and, and, and I would expect some, some at least 10% correction, uh, if not 20. So, Jim, the I think this is really important is that looking forward, uh, your view that the reopening of the economy is going to complicate the driving forces of the bull market we've seen viewers will definitely recognize that messaging from our coverage here. I mean, totally get where that comes from. Now, looking at the shorter term, if that's going to be kind of the ultimate pressure for markets, is there a risk that the options flow mechanics that are leading you to be bullish in the short term are derailed if we get a move in bond yields higher? Is that the risk that could turn things in uh, an unexpected direction? Yeah, so those those flows ultimately are um, they're consistent in the index indexes 
actually you've had a countervailing force uh, for some time now in call buying from retail. Because if you think about it, dealers are, are generally in the indexes. Most of the volume is buying put, selling call in the indexes versus kind of a macro you know, uh, buy rights as well as, uh, as hedges. But that call buying from retail, which has been significant, has actually balanced that these Vonage charm flows somewhat relative to historical norms. So with the removal of that call buying, you actually are getting um, more Vonage charm flows, but you're also creating more potential downside convexity. Whereas, um, you know, dealers were short call, long put, and had a way to kind of protect that position um, on the equity names. That's really uh, has been removed off the market. So there's this interesting dynamic where there will be more Vonage and charm flows going forward. Um, but the, the, the counter side to Vonage and charm flows is when it breaks, it breaks big. Mm. And so I would expect uh, I would expect that if we get a decline below the 20 day uh, post April 12th, um, uh, you know, sustained over a couple of days, I would be very cautious in that window. That's kind of the trigger we're looking for. And, and okay. it could be a, a real increase of implied volatility, could take some of this dealer long vol off the table, which has really been holding things together. And, and allow things to kind of loosen up. And, and, and I think that would naturally bring a, a pretty quick correction of events. So to that point, Jim, just to kind of uh, look at this from a very simple layman's perspective, uh, when you talk about Vanna, you're, you're talking about changes in implied volatility, right? Uh, you mentioned charm, changes in, in time, and what that does for the options flow. If we look at implied volatility component in particular, I got the VIX dropping to 18 right now, Jim. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. So if we just kind of look at it from a very simple layman's perspective, the lowest VIX we've had throughout this period today. I mean, this seems like a big deal. And I know it's it's part of what you're saying here about the demand for volatility, the demand for hedging that's changing a little bit, right? Um, most simple way possible. What's the implication of us getting our lowest VIX ever? Yeah, I mean, the, the implication is that the next week and a half is bullish. Uh, okay. Until you get past this, this uh, this expiration um, you know period through April 12th, which is very bullish. So it, it actually makes a ton of sense short term for the VIX to be to be low. Um, the, that I, I think will naturally uh, go higher come post April 12th and provide potential energy. Right when uh, you know lows in the VIX generally correspond with highs in the market. That does, that's not a all clear sign, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, especially given the, the broader context of what's going on. So, And those call and, buyers, and, right, that were playing some role in this, because when I went back and looked at .com, we, and we had an event basically around the peak in .com where VIX finally broke. It was elevated like ours was here. It, it broke down, and then we had a push, and that was the double top. That was the high in 2000, Jim. I mean, is there something that could be similar here if we keep breaking down VIX, showing that all those call buyers are starting to back away finally? 100%, I think you're, you're spot on. Uh, you know, the, the lack of that retail call buying impulse, which was supporting that VIX at a, at a floor as we rallied, um, will, it seems to be pulling off uh, a bit on the rally. That said, um, you know, I think it's fair to say that if we get the rally that I expect in the next week and a half, um, implied vols on a fixed strike basis will will be quite cheap. Um, and, and what I mean by fixed strike is as the options, the upside options are priced at a lower vol. So we will slide to a naturally lower vol and that will force um, a, 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 a buying back of those options uh, and a support of a, of a floor somewhere near this number. Mm. Remember today, mm -hmm. the 18 VIX is a little bit uh, deceptive. The VIX pricing is uh, is 
is on calendar days. We're going into a True. long weekend. So, so traders are taking out an extra three days of, of vol right now. And it's showing up in the VIX calculation as a much lower vol number, where in trading days, in reality, it isn't nearly as low as it's showing. So be, be mindful of that as well. You'll, mm. you'll come in on Monday and that VIX number will be naturally higher. And if we continue to rally, like I said, uh, the, the vol we're sliding to is too low. So good time to actually own upside vol hedged. Um, that should perform relatively well on the upside and protect you once, um, you know, once the downside does eventually come. Okay, super interesting stuff. Thanks a lot, Jim, appreciate it. Always a pleasure, OJ, thanks for having me. Okay, thank you. Jim Carson joins us from Agia Capital.